Welcome to another edition of the Varsity Podcast. Justin Barney and Sponge Franklin, we are here to talk all things high school sports in the 904. And uh, man, week 10 of the high school football season, I know we kind of preface every pod with what week it is and, and how far along, but this week and next week in the regular season is over. Done. Playoffs. We are talking playoff times, looking back to last week as we always do uh, before we segue into uh, the current week. A few games I want to talk about. Baker County over White, 36-16. Bartram Trail over Oakley, 49-33. Fletcher over First Coast, 44-14. Um, and uh, Sandalwood, 30 over Mandarin. A lot of those games had district championship implications. And uh, then we'll get into the to the couple that did not have those. But uh, starting off the bat, let's, uh, let's throw, uh, tee you up for a couple of those district games. Baker County White, that decided district championship. Yeah, we, we talked about that one. We knew that was going to be the big one in that district, basically for the title. Was Ed White going to come to, you know, play and pull the upset in a sense, you know, on the road in McClenny? And Baker County just seemed to be a little bit too much for them. Yeah, it just I think Ed White is when it uh, when it all comes down to it, is just too one dimensional. They don't throw the ball very well at all. Agreed. Um, they had I think three picks last week uh, that they threw, and you know when you when you can kind of hem in Christian Ellis because he does move the ball. He's their featured guy, um, and he had a, a decent game last week for for White, thousand rushing yards now in the season. Yep. But when you can kind of uh, hem them in a little bit. Um, you know they're not going to beat you with a pass. And Baker County has a, a battalion of backs, and they've got um, a lot of interceptions too. I believe they lead the state in interceptions at this point in the season. So district championship for Baker County. White's still a good chance to, to reach a postseason. Uh, Bartram Trail 49-33 district championship for the Bears. Yeah, we thought that was uh, going to probably be fairly fairly easy. Uh, Oakleaf gave them a little bit of a battle, but we, we, we've seen Bartram all year be battle-tested when those close games – they flexed their muscles, scored a lot of points. You know, Oakleaf, they gave a valiant effort. They've been a tough tough out for a lot of teams all season. But, you know, when you bank on Bartram, you know, nine times yeah, out of ten, they're going to get the A You know, Bartram, we've talked about it here before, but they've been a different team this season. They've well, been, you, you kind of look at it again. What was the Creekside game? Kind of a defensive battle. Yeah, 16-13. Figured, figured out a way to win. And then this week they score, what, 49? Yeah, season yeah, high so, in points. So, so yeah, that's they, more of a, a Bartram Trail offensive little, hole that we're used to seeing. A little explosion, you know, feeling good and, you know, moving the ball. So I, Bartram is what they are. They've, they're they always a solid team, always a really good team. They always bring their lunch pail, and they win a lot of games. Yeah, Fletcher 44, for First Coast 14. Uh, Seattle Faison and, and company wrapped up a district championship with that win. A season high in points for Fletcher, too. And, again, we've, we've – beat on Fletcher this year just for a defense that has kind of led the way in an offense that has really kind of uh, weekly had to develop an identity, scratch out yards, find ways to win. But 44 points last week got, against First Coast. Good. You got to feel Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. It seems like it kind of all came together there, and I, I was at that game. And, man, First Coast has really, really regressed. Yeah, they're struggling. I, you know, it's kind of one of those things when you start losing, you just start losing, and then it just – implodes and you just kind of you're just out there playing and you know you wish that you could find a way to get in that win column just to give yourself some confidence but you kind of just when you're on that losing streak it just finds a way to keep on losing yeah, sometimes it, it seems they've had, they've, since, had they, they've fought in a couple games and they've been yeah. tough and you know they played hard in some games early this year and just came up on the wrong end but 
you know, you just got to keep on fighting and just keep on playing until, you, until you're done. Yeah, disappointing for them. Ever since DeAndre Johnson graduated with the Mr. Football Award and a ton of area passing records, they have just not been the same program. And when you lose a player like that to graduation, the players – They lost are, a ton. They lost yeah, a ton. Even, they, even losing DeAndre, they lost a ton of receivers, defensive mm-hmm. guys. That, that team was loaded. That team was a really good team. And, yeah, they just have not been the it same. Feel, it feels like that's been 20 years ago. I know, it, it? Does, it feels forever ago because I remember DeAndre as an eighth grader, and then he went there and lit it up his ninth grade year. As a freshman, state and then championship. He, th- then he had, you know, two or three good years following that with some loaded teams. And, like like you said, they just have not been the same program since he's left. Yeah, it has been really uh, disappointing to watch because, you know, you come into this era of First Coast football and the Bucks were just year after year – Super 11 guys, cranking guys out to college, playing deep in the playoffs, undefeated regular seasons. And then DeAndre Johnson, Mr. Football Award. They lost to Popka in a, in a regional final. That was a, an epic one. I think DeAndre had six or seven touchdowns in his last game there. And then really since he set, stepped off the field that night, it has not yeah. been good. But but 0-8 for First Coast is yeah. a little little uh, little surprising to see over there on the north side. Uh, last district game, I want to talk about Sandalwood 30 Mandarin, nothing last week. Mandarin had been the hot, one of the hottest yeah, teams yeah, we in the area. About, nobody wanted to play him, and I guess they just decided, you know, they didn't want to show up. I know you said Tremel Jones was out, so that's a big deal, obviously, for them and their offense getting some things cranked up. But, you know, Sandalwood really put together everything that night. Obviously, offensively, had a couple – saw a couple big passing touchdowns from Calhoun. Defense obviously stepped up, you know, getting a shutout. So, definitely a surprise, you know, to beat Mandarin 30 to nothing. So yeah, I was even, even with Tremel Jones not in there, I – I would have never seen that yeah. game coming. Um, Mandarin had been a lot more than just Trammell up to that point. That winning streak had been going. Uh, they'd been chopping down really good teams. They hammered White. They went on the road, beat Baker County, and then to kind of lay an egg there against Sandalwood. And, you know, Sandalwood, to its credit, didn't lay down in that game. Chris Calhoun played very well. Um, good touchdown pass late to Kyle Bolston. Um, you know, when you look at Sandalwood, it's almost a story of near misses. They're three and five, but they have two district losses by a combined five points. Yeah, they, they, they were they were in there too. We were talking, you know, Mandarin early, losing some of those games by a, a handful of points, and you know their season's different with some wins instead of losses. Same thing for Sandalwood. You know, just tough that you come on the wrong end sometimes, and you know you lose those games that you could have won, and you know your season's different. But it looked. Uh, I talked to Adam Geis after the game and. Uh, he said he has got uh, quite a few players out, and I looked at the, at the lineup on on the field on on Friday night, and Sandalwood did not look like an eight A football team. It, it seemed like they had maybe forty players out there dressed, and he said a lot of it was due to injuries and stuff. But I was just stunned at the lack of bodies on that Sandalwood yeah. sideline. So uh, hats off to Sandalwood for that win. Anytime you can beat your biggest rival uh, in a district game, regardless of the records or if you're going to the playoffs, that is a pretty Darn good one. So um, switching gears, not not district games last week, but I think the headlining game uh, in week nine for us was uh, was that Riverside Trinity Christian game. You were there. You saw that. Uh, what was your breakdown of that one? Yeah, you know, we talked about it. Going to be a you know tough game for both teams. You know, both teams were coming off of losses. You know, Riverside had the the bye week with their loss from the meltdown against Columbia. Trinity's had the back to back. You know where just didn't play well at Florida High. So you're like, let's get back on the field. So both teams were eager to get out there. And it was, you want to talk about a great atmosphere. It was packed, man. I'm talking about, you know, our stands, they've they've 
added some of those uh, visitor stands because when they we moved up to 5A, you know, they'd be like, we got to have some, you know, some seats here. So that was packed out, standing room only through the sidelines, end zone, all that. So it was a great atmosphere. Uh, the game lived up to hype, too. Uh, what it came down to was turnovers, man. Turnovers. Trinity had bad, timely turnovers that cost them. Uh, both teams had turnovers early that kind of led to e- each of them getting a touchdown. So it really didn't. You kind of like, you know, X'd each other's turnovers out. You know, it was 7-7. Then um, Riverside hit a touchdown pass. I think it was uh, Plummer threw it to Ricky Shaw that put him up by a touchdown. Trinity was going on a nice drive, and the the key pick six, 92 yards from Joe Morrison, that, that kind of flipped the script on them. They were kind of fighting uphill after that. They, they had a good uh, third quarter, got got a few stops, turned it over again, though. Um, the big play was, I'd say, the 80-yard run from uh, Darnell Rogers. It kind of was like, okay, back to a one-score game. It was 21-13 at that time. And then I was, I was, I was talking to you before. My guy Freddie Manning had a big touchdown catch, a 25-yard touchdown. I had to send him a message to say, Freddie, you know you dropped the ball before you crossed that end zone. <laughs> and uh, I was like, you can't showboat like Deshaun Jackson and some of these guys. The refs missed it, um, so they scored the touchdown. That, that would have been a huge flip if the refs would have saw that. Trinity would have got a touchback. The score would still have been 21-13. Trinity actually went on an ensuing drive there to, to make it a 21. It would have been 21-20. They could have went for two, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, doesn't matter. They called it a touchdown. Trinity scored a late one to, you know, make it at least respectable. But really, all in all, Riverside, in my opinion, dominated the game. Their defense was as advertised. Gave Colin, you know, a, a rough night getting getting after him, at, you know, rushing the passer. Did a pretty good job on the ground. You know, uh, Rodgers had the big 80-yard run, but that was pretty much it for him. Trayon had a few big runs, you know, so he had – I think he finished with like 80. But altogether – Riverside is a real deal. They're pretty legit. Yeah, and we talked about it all season, and you know, you kind of it was just kind of a perfect storm for Riverside because they they had that implosion against Columbia in the fourth quarter of that yeah. huge district game, um, nasty field, bad conditions, um, but you really let one get away. You lose twenty eight twenty six, lose a district title in the process, and then you oh you go into a bye week, yeah. so it's like you have an extra week to digest to just how bad it. things went wrong. Yep. Um, you know, Trinity, the, the same situation where you're, you're, you're dropping games, you go out and lose to Florida High in a game that you probably could have won. And then Riverside, you know, this game had been, had been amped up for quite some time. They were supposed to play in spring, didn't play in spring, saved it for the regular season. It came here, and, you know, I, I agree with something I saw on uh, social media on Facebook earlier last week, that teams always get up to play those private school powers, whether it's oh, yeah. Bowles, whether it's Trinity, whether it's UC. I, I really think that, you know, the person posting this said, you know, you, this is this team Super Bowl playing yeah. us. And now, I you, think you know who, you, you, I know who posted that. That was uh, Sean Wade's dad. Sean Wade's dad. Yeah, yeah that's right. Randy yeah, Wade. He, 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 he was like, if teams, when they see TC or Bowles, you know, they know that these, these two teams have been this, run the state in, the, in their classifications, won a lot of state championships. So, yeah, when Reigns or Riverside or whoever play one of those teams, it's like they're mini Super Bowl. It's like a playoff game. It's like a state championship. You know, pride, bragging rights, like, you know, we're the public school versus private school deal. They get up for those games like there's no no other. And that is definitely a big deal. 
and TC Bowles, you're going to get your best shot from everybody. So guess what? You got to bring it. Yeah, and, if you, and, if think, you, and if you don't, you're going to go home with an L. Yeah, I think that's true. And I, I saw that earlier in the week from from Randy. And that is, I think that's so true when it comes to the private schools. And I, I don't think it would be true if it was private schools who didn't have that success. You know, right. if you're talking, yeah, yeah. you know, you're talking three of the most successful programs in Florida State high school history are in one block of about 22 miles in Jacksonville, exactly. Bowles, University Christian, and Trinity Christian. And I think when those schools, and it hasn't always been that way, Trinity Bowles and UC haven't always played the public schools from right. Jacksonville. Like, exactly. You know, it's, it's, they've been confined to playing district games and against a smaller like uh, private schools. So I think when the bigger private school or the bigger public schools get a shot at a Bowles, you know, St. Augustine at Bowles. Yeah, it was like the, it was kind of like when Reigns and Bowles were always in mm-hmm. that district. That game was always big, man. It was fun, great atmospheres, you know, two physical games. Anytime they played, they usually played twice because they had to play in the mm-hmm. regular season and they were going to have to play in that second round of the playoffs. And you, know, you talk to Corky Rogers, you talk to Duran Wiley, and they always said, almost repeated each other identically saying, I knew I had to raise my game. Yep. To beat the other opponent. Exactly. And there was no, I mean, if you asked, found Duran on the street and said, most important rivalry game that you've had, I don't think he'd say Reball. No, I think I, he'd I, say Bowls. I think he would too. And I, vice versa. If I think if you asked Corky or who, who your biggest game was, you know, the last couple of years when you were in your district play or, or whenever, it would be Reigns. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, in Trinity, we would have to play our district games and a lot of times it would be teams that, you know, we were way overmatched. Like, we, it was, like, not even a fun game to play. The, I love the way the schedule has come together the last several years where you're playing the Riversides and the Reigns. You're playing the best public schools in your area mm-hmm. because it's just fun. You know, you don't want to play I, – I hated it when we had to travel. I think it was one year where we played, like, every team from Tallahassee. We played Lincoln. We played uh, uh, Rickards. We played uh, – Leon, you know, you're mm-hmm. playing all those teams on Tallahassee because you can't get a game in your area because nobody would play you. But I like the fact that some of these public schools are like, yeah, we'll play Reigns, we'll play or we'll play Bowls, we'll play Trinity. Yeah, and not every public school will play those guys, right? And, you know, for whatever reasons, you know, competition or uh, not on that level ground yet. But you know, I, it's been good to see a St. Augustine step up and play Bowls. It's been good, um, you know, it's been good to see these public private school matchups the riversides and trinities you know even rebolt was getting clocked every year and was playing trinity yeah. christian you know? yeah but it was good to see those games i yeah. think those games uh do do more from a local perspective you don't want to have to go out and play tallahassee teams week after week after week right you want to play local games if possible against good competition and i think we've seen those those local rivalries between public and, and the better private schools um really kind of uh, come to fruition over the, probably over the last five years. I think you probably saw that ignite when the Bulls and Trinities had to go in those districts yeah, and start playing exactly. uh, start playing those local schools, the five, Class 5A. Yeah, that, that was when it kind of changed, and, you know, that was that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was fun. It was fun. That 5A stretch was like, okay, you're playing some of these big, alleged bigger schools. You know, sometimes I think people get confused or, or – just misunderstood with the classification thing and you think oh little 3a or little 4a i'm an 8a like a lot of that really has nothing to do with it it just means you got more on your sideline more in your school but 3a and 4a the powerhouse teams of the 3a and 4a's throughout the state can bang with anybody who's in 7 and 8a and vice versa and i would even put like a you know you talk about school size 
I mean, Madison County. Right, yeah. I mean, if you, 1A if school. You want to play them every week? No, no, no don't. way. I'm and telling you, don't. I mean, you're talking – I've seen some Madison County years where they could have locked horns, maybe not lasted into the fourth quarter with fresh legs like some of the bigger schools, but you know, Madison County is a school with however many uh, – several hundred students – could bang with any of those bigger teams. Even sure. schools around here would, would fillet them. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's – I think the talent discrepancy in football is greater than it is in other sports when you're talking classification, classification. But I think the the smaller schools who do it right, um, you know, for every – say there's 80 schools in Class 2A, there may be four five of those realistically it who, powers, could, yeah, who, who could, could battle ex- up no, and that's, down. That's exactly what I mean, too, is when I say, you know, that – the best teams in each classification, you know, if you take the two or three, the three to five best teams in two A, three A, four A, they can go play with the four, the five, six, and seven, eight, eight A teams. You know, the across the board. But I think you know the the sometimes, like I say, it gets misconstrued with like I'm an eight A school. We'll, we'll wax you if we played you, and a lot of times that's just not true. No, I remember <laughs> I so, so I recall a Sandalwood Trinity game. <laughs> Back in, I think, 2012. And I think you called it a tune-up game. Yeah, Sandalwood. and, and Sandalwood, <laughs> you know, Sandalwood's a huge, they, big school that was, that was They were loaded, too. That was DeMarcus Walker's team. And, yeah, uh, and they lost, and Sandalwood lost to Trinity, that was, that like, was a, a banger, 6-3 game. It was, yeah, it was a nail-biter, defensive slugfest. We had Jeff Holland at running back, you know, and then we won, like, a late-scoring game. We had a big stop on defense. But yeah, you know, it was just like that was kind of when we started the trend of playing – bigger classifications and teams would say okay we'll play you guys you know that all that stuff whatever you know it's always private versus public and you guys recruit you guys get players you can get whoever you want and you know all that gets I think uh misunderstood as well you know kids can go anywhere they want to you know some some kids can get you know offered like scholarship money or whatever there's none of that you know there's like step up you know programs and stuff like that but you know bowls if you got the money to go to Bowles, you can go to Bowles. If you got the money to go to Trinity, you can go to Trinity. You know, if you want to go, if you want to live in Rains District and go to Oak Leaf and vice versa, now it's kind of like the the wild wild west a little yeah. bit. But you know, there, I think a lot of it's kind of leveled out, and kids go where they want to go. And obviously, we've seen just in the last couple of years where kids just bounce around, and then they'll kind of they're doing like what everybody's doing in the NBA and the transfer portal and all that. It's like, where are you going? You're going to go over there. Oh, two or three of us. Let's go over here and let's go play here and let's try to do something over there. You know, and that. That's been going on for the last couple of years. Yeah. And people are trying to get, you know, like little mini super teams to, to do it. So my thing is more power to you. If you want to go wherever you want to go, go where you want to go. You I know? think, you know, I think the that's kind of, you know, the purists say I, there's still a faction of, of people. And this is probably a different conversation for a different podcast, yeah. but believe that you go to your public school no, you're I, zone for. I, I like that. I like that idea, too. But I, but that, times have changed. Yeah, time, so times like, have really. Like you said, the purists. We'd be like, no, you live in this area, you go play for Ed White, and you ball out for the West Side. You yep. know? But, it, yeah, it's just not how it is. It's anymore. not how, you know, that's that's really, and I do, I've done surveys and stuff annually with high school football players, and it's just interesting to see how over the last 10 years or so that just that mindset and that way of thinking has shifted yeah. to, to where, you know, for instance, you know, a college scholarship used to be, what kids sought, you know, sought and, and got, and that's all they needed. So, you know, if college is offering you a scholarship, yep, then that's all – I don't need to get extra money. And that was abundantly, you know, say seven or eight years ago, abundantly kids were saying college scholarships totally enough for me. Yep. And you fast forward to today, 
and it's nowhere near that. It's it's I deserve NIL money. Yeah, I should be that, able to make that. And yeah, college and, and not it's enough. and it's how fast am I playing? Am mm-hmm. I getting on the field? You know, do I do you love this team or is it an opportunity to go play on Sundays? And and nine times out of ten, it's to get to Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, these kids want to play in the NFL. They want that money. So yeah, they want the NIL deal. How fast am I going to be a starter? And guess what? If not, I'm hitting the portal and I'm going somewhere else where I can maybe get on the field faster. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily dislike it or like it. It, it just is what it is. It's the, the way of the the change, and it's like everybody's got to get used to it. I was I was talking to our fellow Channel 4 Gators Breakdown podcaster, Gators Breakdown Dave Waters, and we were talking about, you know, guys transferring, this, that, and the other. And the other thing is a lot of these kids, they're not like – they don't love – they don't have the passion and the love for you as the university as a fan. So, you know, if you're a Gator fan – and you love the Gators, you expect all these kids to come in and be like, I love the Gators too. It's not like that. No, not they're, anymore they're, at they're all. They're looking at it as, okay, y'all got a great NIL deal for me. It's, Am I the starting it's purely quarterback? Business. And exactly, it, it, it is. It's purely business. And, and that's, that's okay, but, you know, just you got to just be used to it. Yeah, it's, you know? I think it, it has evolved into, you know, into, and I think kids and parents wised up in, you know, the last 15 years and saw these television deals. They saw licensing. Totally. Everything. And totally. the billions all, of dollars. All, all that. All that. All that and, you know, social media, you know, now that you're able to see kids from across the country, you can look at their highlights, you can see their games. All that has totally changed the landscape of high school to college sports. It just it just has. You know, I remember when I played, you, you would just – you wouldn't be able to do – you would just look up, like, stats on the newspaper or whatever and be like, oh, or get the top 100 players and you'd be like – yeah, this guy DJ Williams out in California, he's the best player smoking. Like, how good is this guy? I've never mm-hmm. seen him play, but he's the number one rated player and he's going to Miami. Like, and then, you know, you don't you don't even know what he looks like, you don't know nothing. Now, you know, then then fast forward, you get to Miami, you're like, oh, this guy's legit. He's a real deal, he's a baller, all that. But now you hop on and be like, Who's the number one corner in California? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's this cat, and he's he's legit. Yeah, the the internet is and social media has has really uh, shrunk the world for everybody to totally, see. And totally. I, I do think that recruiting and scholarships and the mindset of athletes and their parents has has really changed accordingly to being more of this is a business for for me my future as opposed to loving it loyalty I'm I'm going where I'm supposed to it's um you know it's an investment and that's what kids and, and yeah. parents are looking at so we kind of deviated there yeah so we deviated a little bit that'll that, be something that, we can get to in the recruiting yep. realm when we get you know through the season but yeah that's uh that's uh, the highlight of last weekend mentioned you know the Northwest Classic range 30 Rebolt nothing Rebolt has yeah. really struggled that game's a good one every year but but uh, Reigns has certainly figured things out in year two under Donovan Maslin um, they've outscored Rebolt 74 to 20 the last two games in that uh, that rivalry win their fifth straight so Northwest Classic is uh, the silver and maroon of the Reigns Vikings so this week we've got two sets of uh, nights of games uh, Florida Georgia week always presents us a yep. Thursday night of of high school football games so give me a couple on Thursday and a couple on Friday that you're looking to uh what's my Thursday night game the best Thursday night game probably Episcopal or Columbia at Reigns agree you yeah know, that's that's a uh, Columbia, they had a tough loss this past week after Madison after, County. Yeah, yep. we just talked about Madison County. How you don't want to play them, and Columbia caught the L Friday night. But I think that's a good matchup. We just talked about Reigns and how and how they just beat up on Rebalt. You know, both of those teams are obviously we've talked about them all season. They're top ten in our poll all week or all season, and so I think that's a good one. And the other Thursday night game that I like is uh, 
Episcopal at UC. You know, we talked about the private schools. You know, UC's been up and down. Had a, had a, has had a pretty good season. Episcopal's got a good season or good record. I like UC in that game, but you know, I think that'll be a good, decent game on Thursday night. Yeah, I think um, I think those two, and I'm gonna add uh, a couple more. Um, Parker and White, I think, is a, is a good one. Uh, Parker's defense just has been so good from open to close. A chance to wrap up a seven-win regular season, and White, you know, has been a little bit wounded these last three games. Lost two of the last three. Um, got uh, got beat for, by Baker County for that district championship last week. Struggled against First Coast last month. Um, 22-18 win, struggled to, to beat Bishop Kinney. Um, so it's been a little bit of a, a bumpy ride for White in the second half of the season, uh, see if they can get things turned around. And a little props to Inglewood. You know, I'm not looking at, you know, this game against Orange Park on Thursday night as a massive game. Right. I mean, Rams are 4-4, four and four, OPs 2-6, and six, both going nowhere uh, postseason-wide. But Inglewood has not had a winning season since 2006. They have a chance to get there. If they win against Orange Park on Thursday night and then beat Wolfson in their finale, that would give them a six and four record, best record since two thousand six. They've only they've had more winless seasons in that span. They've yeah. lost had zero and ten three times in that span. They only had one five hundred season in that span. Um, so it'd be cool to see Zach Harbison and the Rams uh, make a little history there. So those are my thir- two Thursday night games to watch. You laid, uh, labeled your two Thursdays and Friday night week ten. Night before the Florida Georgia game, some big district championships Definitely. to be decided this week. But Definitely. give me two more you're looking at. We've talked about them all year. This this will be this is the pivotal. This forget about all the other games. You know you won lost. Nice at Fleming, Nice. If you want to go to the playoffs, this is your game to have to win. We talked about the game a few weeks ago, Saint Og. That's your rival. You lose that one. Now it's like okay, you got Fletcher on the road at Fletcher out of the beach. You drop a heartbreaker, nail, yeah, that, nail biter. You, you lose that one. That was basically for the district championship yep. to lock yourself in to say, "Hey, we're in the playoffs. We haven't been there in a while." You lose that one. You get a week off. Now it's win or go home in a sense. Yeah. You know, so I think that one's going to be huge for Nice on Friday yeah, night. Yeah, disappointing. I mean, they had a district championship in their grasp yeah. against Fletcher, and they lose that game in the last minute of the yeah. game. You know, Fleming Island has been good enough in a lot of games this season. No, it's going it's to be a scrappy five game. And three, it's going to yeah. be a scrappy game. They be, I, you better bring it Friday or you might not be going to the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's a good district game. What's your second one this week? Obviously, uh, we talked about Creekside all year. They have been they were hot early, dropped a couple late. Oakleaf played Bartram last week. You know, Oakleaf's got to go on the road to Creekside. I think, I think Creekside is still probably in the playoffs. We talked about it. If they lose this game, but you don't want to drop this one. You want to win this one, have some momentum going into the last two weeks of the season. You know to, to you know, start stay stay up. You know you don't want to lose. So I think Creekside or Oakley Fat Creekside is going to be a big game Friday night, and I think you know Creekside needs to win that one. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you start out six and zero, and then you lose back to back games. One to Atlantic Coast, and then the the, the killer to Bartram Trail, and that how that lost sixteen thirteen field goal on a, a walk off kick by Liam Padrone. Um, so they've had a week off. Yeah. Hopefully they can uh, reset and, and focus on that. So a couple district championships on the line. Clay at North Marion, district title on the line there. Gainesville at St. Augustine, another district championship on the line there. So we'll see what those guys can get done. And, um, you know, it's, it's not a district game by any stretch, but 
How about Jackson? Again, yeah, West Nassau. You, you know, we talked about Jackson a few weeks ago. Christopher Foy and company had a tragedy to start the season. Uh, offensive coordinator Donald Rocker Jr. passed away uh, from natural causes, and then assistant coach Lynn J. Shell passed away unexpectedly before the start of the season. They have come out just roaring this year. They're 5-3, and three, coming off a bye week. Um, playing at West Nassau, really kind of a gut check game. I like them for the I li- Tigers. I, I, like, I like them. And West Nassau has really uh, rebounded yeah, after they've, a, a they've, tough start. They've come, they've come back a little bit after their early season woes, but I like I like Jackson. Yeah, I, I like Jackson. How can you not like Jackson? You talk to Chris Foy; he's full of enthusiasm. I mean, Jackson is not the. I think people still equate Jackson to being a team like they were when Kevin Solomon was there and right. Leon Washington and uh, those guys, Marcel Wade, but. This Jackson team, this is a magnet school right now. This yeah. is a, these are like the Paxson and Stantons and Wolfsons and Ed Whites have become the academy type schools. Mm-hmm. So you're talking a, a different uh, set of students. And um, if you see Jackson play, you notice the Rudin defense or secondary is good. Grayson Howard's going to be a stud. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarterback Jalen Sonnier is is uh, good and uh, athletic and moves the ball. And just a different kind of vibe around the Jackson football team this yeah. year. So no, really cool to see them I do like that. Them. I like them a lot. So I just hope they. Keep it up. Yeah, so that wraps us up in football. A lot of uh, volleyball districts going on this week. First night of the uh, playoffs were Tuesday night, and uh, second round or second night of volleyball playoffs continues Wednesday night. Uh, second round of the playoffs begins November 2nd. We've got districts going on in every other fall sport imaginable. Golf is going on. Uh, cross country is going on. So a lot of that to look forward to. You can read our coverage of those sports on newsforjacks.com. And Sponge and I will be coming to you week 11 next week with a clearer look of the playoffs. All the districts will be wrapped up. We'll know who the uh, really who the top four seeds in each of those regions are, and we can kind of start looking forward to those state playoffs, which start two weeks from That's Friday crazy. night. That's for crazy, Sp- man. Yeah, That's crazy. flies by. For Sponge Franklin, Justin Barney. We'll see you next week, man. For the Podcast. <laughs>